What's happening team? Welcome to the Type 1 Movement Podcast where I'm going to be sharing with you my tips, tricks and stories to help you lead the healthiest life possible as a Type 1 diabetic. I'm your host, Type 1 Tom. Just a quick disclaimer, any advice that I give will not overpower your medical professional so please consult with them first if you're thinking of making any changes. Welcome to this episode of the Title Movement Podcast. Now, this episode, I'm going to chat about like mental health, mindset and type 1 diabetes and kind of cover everything in between because this is um, something that I've, I was going to say suffered with, but I've experienced along the last 12 years since recording this of being a type 1 diabetic. And I speak to a lot of type 1s that, that go through this, whether that be with like um, diabetes burnout and stuff like that. So I just want to tell you like my my runnings and my my kind of story. So obviously, if you listen to the first episode of my podcast, you'll know that was my diagnosis story. A lot's happened since I was diagnosed, um, and I know a lot of people see my social posts or listen to my podcast, and I get inboxes saying, "Hey Tom, we love you. You're like you're so positive. Uh, I love your outlook on diabetes and on life and stuff like that." But I, it's not always been that way, yeah, it's not always been that way, because you've got to realise, like, if there's something good that's worth having, there'll be a trade-off somewhere along the line, right? Because, like, my, the way I, my outlook on life and my outlook on diabetes and, and mental health and depression and, and other um, autoimmune diseases that, that I've got, um, the outlook on that hasn't always been that way for me, and you have to go through some shit. To, to get to a better place. Like I'll always say nothing good or worth having, whether that be a mental state or materialistic things, more mental state, um, comes without us experiencing some form of pain, yeah? So um, really, I'm going to chat about like depression, anxiety, mindset, diabetes, burnout, stuff like that. So if we go back to my diagnosis, it was like 2007, 2008. Um, I've made a few notes on this, but I normally script out these podcasts and these lives pretty well, but I've only made a few notes because I want this to be authentic and I want it to be like more from my memory, so it's a bit more authentic and if it's from my memory, hopefully this makes fucking sense, if it's from my memory, it's going to be the things that I feel have affected me the most and had the biggest impact, yeah? So I'd say like, let's look at like depression first of all like my first bout of depression was a year or so after my diagnosis and this was it was strange because when i got diagnosed i was like yeah sweet few months went by i really educated myself on it yeah struggled at first like a lot of people unless you're born with it or it's diagnosed early on um i, I struggled at first but then i kind of got to grips with it um and i had to change my outlook on stuff but i think a year later or so it, it hit me it hit me what had happened to me and I was just kind of going through the motions and I think it was a backlog of kind of acceptance because I always say the first the first thing to being a well-controlled type one is having to accept it, actual acceptance, yeah? No matter what, until we've accepted it, you won't move forward. And when I started to accept it was around my first, first bout of depression um, a year or so after diagnosis. And um, it, it was more just like, I wasn't really working at the time. I didn't really want to leave the house. Um, and the main thing for me that I noticed is I didn't want to exercise. That's something that I love. And I know when I don't want to exercise, like, fuck Tom, there's something really wrong. Like, if I don't want to exercise, if I don't want to do the shit that I love, that I enjoy. 
And on this first bout, like, I didn't take any medication or anything like that. I had no antidepressants, no nothing. Um, and it, it was kind of, I think it lasted a few months. And then I managed to kind of shift myself out of it, yeah? I managed to kind of shift myself out of it. It wasn't a super serious bout of anxiety and depression. Um, but it was my first ever experience of it, yeah? And then coming on, the second one, I went along for a few years after that. The second one was around, like, 2014, um, and this has got a bit more of a story to it. I laugh now, looking back on it, but I've done some stupid shit. I've done some stupid shit in my time. Um, and this was like the second bout around 2014. Now, I just split up with one of my exes that hopefully she's not listening to this podcast or watching this live. God, can you imagine? I won't blame her for hating me. Anyway, I just split up with one of my exes then. And I was seeing a girl um, at the time. And um, I think it was one of them. I wasn't too interested in this girl. It was more so to kind of pass time. I didn't really have a full-time job at the time. Um, I didn't realise I was down and depressed. I thought things was all right. Um but it was more just going through the motions. I think also was seeing this girl and trying to pass the time, um, which was a, a dickhead move on my half. But at the time, I didn't see that. Yeah, um, and I remember my ex that I split with. I, I kind of, I, I think I really wanted a back at the time because it wasn't my decision. And um, I always say like. Uh, well, around this time, first of all, I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism, which is another autoimmune disease. Yeah, so a few years after being diagnosed with one autoimmune disorder disease, type 1 diabetes, a few years later, I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism, which for anyone that doesn't know that's listening to or watching this, is an underactive thyroid. So your thyroid gland is like around your neck sort of area. It's responsible for a few things, but it's responsible for your metabolic rate. So the rate at what you burn calories. Now, I take medication for this. For example, if I wasn't to take any medication, I'd feel really shit. You can get depression, hence why this was going on at the same time before it was undiagnosed. Um, I'd feel really crap. I'd have no energy. I'd feel really lethargic and shitty. It sounds like fucking high blood glucose, this, doesn't it? Um, and I'd also probably gain weight because my body won't be functioning. The metabolic rate, the rate where it burns calories, won't be functioning to where it, it has to function. I know a lot of type ones that go through this. I work with a lot of clients that, that have got this as well. But I will say my levels are sweet. Some clients that I work with, their levels are sweet. By that, I mean in range. Um, and you can lose weight just like a, a, a normal person without hypothyroidism. You've also got hyperthyroidism, which is where your thyroid's too too high. Yeah. So around this 2014 time, I'd just been finished by my ex. I was seeing a girl that I was just going through the motions with and I wasn't really interested, but I didn't really see that at the time. And then I get diagnosed with another autoimmune disease and I'm like, fuck, what's this? Another one to add to the list. My body's just breaking itself down. And um, this is the, the, I always say that I've never been in um, hospital. I've been pretty, well, I say lucky. It's not luck. It's because I fucking look after myself. I'll be honest with you. But I've never been in hospital due to my diabetes. I've never been in DKA, um, diabetic ketoacidosis, with sugars really high, ketones. I've never been in hospital with my diabetes, except this one time that I'm going to be real and open with you. Now, change your opinion, change your opinion. Like, I don't. I care about what people think about me, but I'm more so for the ones that I can help and I can reach. Um, so this time I actually put myself in hospital. Yeah, I actually, I was stupid enough to put myself in hospital 
because I was so emotional and so messed up, I was depressed, I didn't really see it. Um, I had hypothyroidism, I was pining after an ex, I was going through the motions, my life wasn't great. And I put myself in hospital, probably doing it as a bit of a sympathy vote to hopefully hope that that girl, my ex, would, would uh, knock some sympathy over me and want to come back to me. And how I did this is, um, I was like, I'm sick of being a type 1 diabetic. I don't want to inject any insulin uh, because I was on injections then, I'm on a pump now. Fuck it. Um, I'm just going to put myself in hospital. I'm not injecting any insulin. And I didn't for a whole day. And I had sugars in my coffees, which I never do. I had loads of bananas. I, I ate as normal, probably more so. And I remember laying on my bed, feeling like shit, with a blood glucose of about, pff, what, 20 moles? Um, which for those who work in deciliters is, I'm going to convert that for you, about 360 milligrams per deciliter. Sorry, just put my thumb over the screen there. Um, so I was basically like, lay on my bed there, feeling like shit and thinking, well, I can't be arsed with anything. I'm better off in hospital. I just want to go in hospital. I remember my mum walking in and she was like, Thomas, obviously mum calls me Thomas. Um, are you all right? I was like, yeah, my glucose is really high. All right, why is that? You always manage to normally bring it down. You put a correction in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't. I lied to her. I hadn't. She was like, right, we need to get you to hospital. And I went in hospital, feeling all sorry for myself, was on a drip, um, a saline solution, like they do when you go into high glu glucose. I don't think I had ketones, um, but they needed to get it down. And that, that is the only time, it's stupid shit that I've done. That's the only time that I've ever been in a hospital due to anything to do with my type 1 uh, diabetes and my blood glucose. But I put myself there. I put myself there because my head and my mindset was just so messed up over stuff at the time. Um, and that was around 2014. And then um, my third bout of depression was um, a few years later. I don't know exactly when. And this is... My first one wasn't that bad. My second one was obviously worse with the shit that I did. And the third one um, was a few years later when um, I, had a, I had a good job. My life was going sweet. It was going good. Um, but my dad was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Um, and this... I remember it was the, the November was the month, but I can't remember what year it was. I can't remember what year it was. It must have been about five years ago or something like that. That's a guesstimate. But my dad was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And I, I'm one of these, even when it's someone close to me, I'm like, look, I always kind of prepare for the worst case scenario. Um, and I'm like, well, this is what we've got to do. There's, there's no point in, in, in thinking like... It's hard to describe. Basically, preparing for the worst case scenario because I kind of knew that something was up with him. I won't tell the story. But yeah, he was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Um, and I was just trying to be there for my mum um, and kind of be strong for her. And she was like, "Like you're being so strong about this and you're just being so real and, and down to earth. <clears throat> and I was. And that that's what I'm like. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm straight talking, I'm real, and I'm just like, this is it. This is what we've got to deal with. There's no if, buts, and, and maybes. We just take it day by day. Like my mum went in hospital last year and we had a few scares and I was the same then. We just take it day by day. But subconsciously, that was fucking me up. That was messing me up because I was going out every single weekend drinking and taking drugs during that time period. Every single weekend, consistently for a good few months, I was going out drinking, I was taking copious amounts of fucking drugs, 
Um, and I didn't really, at the time, because I was stuck in it, like I said, we're going to go deep on this podcast. I'm going to be open and honest with you guys like I always am. I didn't think that I had a problem at the time. I didn't think that I had a problem. Um, the weekend, I worked through the week, the weekend, I come around, hey, let's go out, let's drink, let me take loads of drugs. And I think it was my escape from reality of what was actually going on in my life at the time. Um, and the, the, the <laughs> I laugh because I'm like, shit, like looking back at it and actually speaking about it brings it more to life. Um, because when you're in it at the time, you don't really see that you've got you've got an issue. You down, you depressed, you got anxiety. You don't really you don't really see it to a certain degree. And um, I remember like the, the the turning point in this was me was for me was I was on a night out. I was on a well, it was a bit like a day session. We was out throughout the day, um, and then we went back to an after party. And I'd taken that much shit that I was actually admitted to hospital after a night out through so much drink and drugs and stuff, I remember leaving this after party, super paranoid, and I went and flagged an ambulance down, like a little paramedic car, in a state car, like you get a paramedic. I flagged them down and I said, hey, look, uh, this is happening, that's happening. He said, are you sure you are right, mate? I said, I've not bought my blood testing kit out, I'm a type of diabetic, can you check my blood glucose? And he tested it, and I was in range. He said, but you seem really hyped. I want to take you to hospital. So we ended up taking me to hospital. Um, and obviously through then they did tests on my, on my my blood and stuff like that. And they just kept me in to try and um, bring my heart rate down. Yeah. And the doctor said, what have you, honestly, like, it was a youngish doctor. He said, mate, like, what have you, um, what have you drunk? What have you taken? So I told him. And he went, you've taken a mix of things there that's skyrocketed your heart rate. He was very close to having a mini heart attack. But you've taken other stuff as well that's leveled your heart rate and chilled you out a little bit. So you're very lucky. If you hadn't have taken the mix that you've taken, you would have had a heart attack. And this was, um, it's funny looking back on it, because this was the first weekend that I moved out of home. And obviously they got in touch with mum and dad. My mum and dad got a taxi down, because this was about 40, 45 minutes away, this hospital where I was, from where I was, li- where well, where mum and dad lived, because I've moved out, right? First weekend, and mum and dad turned up, and the first thing was, Thomas, for fuck's sake, you're coming back home. Like, they wasn't happy, and rightly so, right, rightly so. Um, but that was a bit of a turning point for me to think, um, obviously, I've got I've got a problem. Like, something's happened, and I had to skim back through being diagnosed with prostate cancer um, and why I was trying to escape reality and stuff like that. And I think um, over this time period, the underpinning thing that throughout this um, that, that we have a type 1 diabetics is, is all the decisions that we have to make every single day does give us more stress than a non-type 1 diabetic, right? It's always there. We're subconsciously making decisions, but that's still a buildup of stress for us as type 1 di- diabetics. And this is how diabetic burnout can happen, right? Because we just get that overwhelmed with stuff. I've been, these stages of this depression, the, 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 my bouts of depression that I'm talking about, um have come alongside being burnt out from diabetes, hence not wanting to inject and putting myself in hospital, yeah? And as type 1s, like, we can get this diabetes burnout that it's called, and it's basically, we make that many decisions each day. We feel like things aren't working sometimes. And we get to a point where we're like, fuck it, I can't be arsed, yeah? We're just like, fuck it, I can't be arsed, nothing's working. 
And that's diabetes burnout. And that's pretty... Diabetes burnout, um, anxiety, and mental health issues like depression and stuff is very common in type 1 diabetics. Obviously, diabetes burnout is, but the others are as well. And I've been through this, and that's why I'm sharing my story, because a lot of people look at me as kind of a role model, which is amazing. I love that I'm managing to impact the diabetes community. But like Tommy's so positive and stuff like that. But that's come at a cost of me experiencing this in my life and these lows and doing this stupid shit. Like I say, there's always a trade-off with stuff, yeah? And then on to um, my most recent bit of... Um, I was on, I was on um, medication on the third bout of depression. So my first I wasn't, second I was, third I was. And my fourth bout of, I'd say, depression and anxiety uh, was in January 2019. And it's it's now, it's February, just making sure, yeah, February 2020. Um, so it was the uh, start of last year. And um, basically, I had um, switched up things in my career and it kind of neglected me from the outside world a little bit. Um, so I wasn't really interacting with many people. And this kind of sent my head off a little bit because I'm a people's person. It sent my head off and there was a few things going on in my life at the time. Um, and I think what I was tend to find I was doing is I was living in the past. I was looking back at my past looking at good times that I'd enjoyed. And whenever I looked into the future, I was so anxious and worried because I didn't know where I was heading and how, or how, we didn't know where I was heading. I didn't know how I was going to get to where I was heading because I, I didn't know where I wanted to go to. And instead of living in the present moment, I was living in the past all the time. And this caused me major depression and anxiety. Um, and they always say, don't they, like, live in the present like you can have a plan but don't think too far ahead because it can give you anxiety and don't look back in the past just take the lessons that you learned from that because looking back in the past can cause depression yeah they always say live in the present moment and i was speaking to someone about this the other week uh, and the question was basically tom how did you know what you wanted to do and i was like you know what i kind of know i wanted to help people be a pt but I didn't know really how I was going to get there. And as I started down the road, things change. So yeah, do always have a plan. Going a bit off topic here, but always have a plan looking out to the future, but be prepared for things to change, right? So, I mean, that's my struggles like anxiety, depression, diabetes, burnout, the stupid shit that I've done. And that's kind of allowed me to have this outlook on life and outlook on my diabetes and the way that I manage it now. Don't get me wrong, I'm not a super positive person. You'll speak to anyone around me, my girlfriend and that, and they'll tell you that I have really good highs and I have bad lows. Like, I have bad lows because I'm an all or nothing sort of person. Um, and I'm under no illusion that probably at some point I will experience another bout of depression again. Yeah, just through all the, the stuff that I deal with, like not a, a sub story there, but all the stuff that I deal with on a day-to-day -day life, like any other type one, excuse me, um, and things with business and stuff like that, um, I probably will experience this at some point again, right? But because I've experienced it before, I kind of know how to deal with it. So really what I want to share with you is before we wrap up this podcast is just a few things on um, what ways that I try and change my mindset when I get into a poor frame of mind, right? Um and the first one is, I really try and figure out what the root cause of the issue is. 
I try and figure out why I'm feeling so anxious um, and what it is. Because, like, if we look at, for example, like, the stupid things that I've done with obviously, like, putting myself in hospital, going out every single week, and if we look at all that, um, that wasn't the problem. The problem was a little bit deeper than that. Yeah, the problem was obviously, like, um, at the time, stuff with my ex, or my dad being diagnosed with prostate cancer and stuff like that. So I had to, I, I now look back and think, right, why am I doing this shit? Why am I feeling and thinking this way? What's the problem? And look to sort that problem out. Because you need to always get to the bottom of what's causing this mindset for you. Yeah, You need to always get to the bottom of what's putting you in this, this frame of mind. Once you can figure that out, you can start to work on that. All the other stuff is just superficial layers. You can do what you want with that, yeah? For example, a big one is obviously I, I help people lose weight, right? And someone comes to me, I'm depressed and I'm anxious because I'm overweight. Okay, right. So then we look at, if, you, if we're to look at nutrition, exercise, get moving more, that's great. But what's going in the mindset? They're depressed, they've got anxiety. It's their mindset that needs fixing, not the food, because the food is probably coming from their frame of mind, Right? And this is it. If you ever get in a bad frame of mind, you need to figure out what's causing that. Yeah, so that's the first thing. Always go to the root cause of the problem. Look at sorting that out, yeah? Another thing is, like, don't feel bad on yourself for having mental health problems, for going through these periods of tough times and anxiety and depression because you know what? I'll be honest with you now. Some of the best, most admirable, toughest people that I know have been through a lot of shit times. You'll know that. Like I say, nothing good or worth having will ever come from you staying in a comfort zone. Sometimes you have to experience shit to be able to move forward, right? So they, those are probably two of the, the the main things. And then the other more superficial things that we can look at is focus on you and looking after yourself. Get the low-hanging fruit of exercising. It will always come down to this, obviously, me being a coach, but... Focus on the stuff that you can do here and now that's going to give you a bit of a win and make you feel a bit better. Get your heart rate up. Exercise. Go for a walk. Make sure you're eating well. Eating well and gut health and stuff has a major correlation with how you feel in yourself. During my bouts of depression, I can tell you that my diet was shit. And that wasn't helping it at all. I think when I was going out getting wasted every weekend, I was eating right. No, was he heck? And that was just adding fuel to the fire. Yeah, and I probably didn't exercise until days after. So the best thing you can do, the low-hanging sort of fruit, is make sure you're exercising, make sure you're moving around, make sure you're going on little walk. Walking is amazing. Walking is amazing, yeah? And then making sure you're eating well. And then just other little things that um, I'm not, I'm not one for motivational quotes and things like that, but if you have a motivational quote or a quote that means something to you, Read over that and try and see if you can do these things to switch your frame of mind, yeah? And then just acceptance of it as well. Being open and honest with other people and talking to people is the biggest one. Talking to people is the biggest one. Like, on my second bout, what, what I spoke about, depression anxiety around 2014, I had the medical crisis team come round to me. They come round to me. My mum called them out. They come round to me because of how I was speaking wasn't normal. It wasn't right. So they come round to me. If you ring the doctors and they ask you questions and you say anything that's going to fare in the way of you doing any harm to yourself, they'll send the medical crisis team round, yeah? And this guy come out 
And honestly, he didn't say much, but he just sat there and he listened to me. All he did is he sat there and listened to what I was talking about. And I just spoke. I wouldn't really speak to mum properly or dad properly or anyone else, but I didn't know him. He was impartial. And I just spoke and everything just come out. Everything just come out like a load of probably verbal fucking diarrhea is probably to him. But everything just come out and I just spoke to him. That was it. And after that, I was actually able to to see things a little bit clearer because I've spoken about it. So the, the best thing that you could do, it's hard to speak to a friend or a family member or your partner or your spouse because they're close to you. And that's why a lot of people see counsellors and stuff like that. Because you'll notice some of these counsellors, they won't say much to you. They'll just listen to what you have to say. And because they're impartial to it, it will really, really help, right? Because all they're doing is just listening. So don't be afraid to, if you're going through a bit of a shit time and that, don't be afraid to reach out. And if you need to go to the doctor or see a counsellor or something like that, it's not a bad thing. It just proves that you're wanting to change. Don't just sit and dwell. The worst thing that you can do if you're feeling shit is just sit and dwell and not help yourself and stay in bed all day. As much as... I wanted to do that during my bouts and a few few times and a few days that I did do that, I tried not to. And you have to do the same. If you ever experience this, if you ever have done it, or if you ever do, th- these are the things that are going to help you through it, yeah? So, obviously, I'm not going to do... Well, we'll do a bit of a summary. Summary? What the fuck's a summary? A summary. Um, I told you about, like, my first bout of depression the second bout, the third, and then the most recent, January 2019, the reasons why, and now those tips again, um, that I use every time I, I need to wobble my head a little bit. So getting to the root cause of the problem, not the superficial stuff, the thing that's really um, causing the issues, yeah? That's going to be obviously the big one. Not feeling bad about it as well, yeah? And then doing the small things each day, like exercising, moving more, going on walks, um, eating well. All those have a big correlation with your mindset and your frame of mind and how you feel, right? Um, So, right. What I'm going to do now is, well, I'm going to end the podcast and then I'm going to open up to Instagram and Facebook any questions that we have, yeah? So, just before I do end this podcast, um, I want to let, well, first of all, thank you very much for listening. I hope you've taken something from it. If you have any questions about anything like this, feel free to drop me a DM. Like, I'm always there to speak to anyone who's got any sorts of struggles, whether that be mental health, anxiety, or just diabetes in general. Yeah. And also, as I always say, if you're a type 1 diabetic, you're obviously bothered about your health and your fitness, nutrition, and stuff like that. Then I have two things, two free things for you. One is a free ebook. Yep, with eight nutrition and exercise tips in for Town Diabetics. Also a bit of a nutrition plan in there, a workout plan. If you want that free ebook, all you need to do is DM me with the word free ebook and I'll get that sent straight over to you. Second is my free Facebook community group. Yeah, we've got like 200 Town Diabetics in there now. I'm always in there posting valuable content, answering questions, doing little challenges like every other week or every week. Yeah, if you want in, you're on Facebook, you want in on my free Facebook community group specifically for Town Diabetics. You want to lead a healthier life and have good blood glucose control, then all you need to do is DM me with the word free group and I'll get you in on that. Yeah. So thanks for listening to this podcast. I will catch you in the next episode. <laughs>